This is Greg Lois, and if you're with me today, we're going to talk a little bit about the defense in New York of going and coming, and we're going to talk a little bit about New York's peculiar gray area rule, which is a little bit different than other states might have. Uh, today, I'm going to quickly discuss uh, disputing or denying cases because the accident did not arise out of in the course of employment, and typically, we're going to be talking about on and off-premises injuries. We're going to talk about commutes, how that would affect exposure or compensability in a case. I'm going to talk about paid travel, uh, the classic parking lot type scenarios and how that works in New York. And of course, this is the quarantine times that we live in today. I'm going to be talking about working from home and how working from home injuries are handled. Uh, this is entirely and completely live. Uh, so please feel free uh, to type in your questions as we go. As I'm talking, uh, questions pop up. What I'm going to do is go through my slides, and I don't have a lot of them. I'm going to go through my material, and at the end, I'm going to answer as many questions as I possibly can. I will not say your full name. I'll just say your first name. I'll read the question out loud so everybody can hear it, and then I'll provide my answer. And you don't have to feel like you have to ask a question about the topic of today's webinar. It could really be any topic uh, in New York workers' compensation law. So thanks for joining me today. Uh, that's a little bit about what we're going to talk about. Now, I would be remiss uh, if I didn't talk very briefly about uh, COVID-19 and the workers' compensation impact, as well as what we're seeing right now. Uh, my office is 31 attorneys. We only uh, defend cases in New York and New Jersey, uh, where almost all of us are doing workers' comp defense. And uh, we are defending COVID-19 cases. So I thought I would spend just a second talking about what's new there. Uh, New York, yes, uh, they have amended the law to allow for a uh, benefit uh, for public employees who have been uh, exposed, and they've essentially amended the law to add an additional death benefit and presumption in those cases. Uh, all of the other cases that are not involving public employees and that do not involve first responders, the standard presumptions apply, which means communicable diseases like COVID-19 or coronavirus are not compensable in this state. Let me repeat that. Uh, communicable disease that you obtain or get either in the workplace or outside of the workplace is not compensable. Absent some sort of specific or discrete uh, 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 trauma or accident, uh, merely alleging that you developed COVID-19, excuse me, uh, simply because uh, someone else in the workplace had it, that's not going to be enough to meet the bar. And so for that reason, these cases are not compensable in New York. There are a number of bills pending. Uh, most of them are now currently stuck in committee that would change that, including bills uh, that would have changed the presumption for non-essential workers. None of those have passed uh, in New York. So again, in New York, unless you're dealing with a first responder uh, who have a presumption and entitlement to testing for COVID-19 or any communicable disease, or a public employee who has died in which there would be an additional death benefit available, there is no change to the law. And in general, our position is the same as it's been for the last three months. These cases should generally be disputed. The claimant should generally be put to their proofs. New Jersey. Uh, has not passed any meaningful legislation, although there is legislation pending. Uh, in New Jersey's assembly, uh, already passed the Senate is bill, in the Senate was bill uh, S2380. In the Senate, it is, I'm sorry, in the assembly, it is bill A3999. And that would create a presumption in favor of compensability 
for all employees who were deemed essential, which by the way is about two thirds of employees have been deemed essential under New Jersey's phased reopening plan. By the way, today, this morning at 6 a.m., New Jersey did go into phase two of its reopening. However, that has not passed and it has been stuck in the Assembly Labor Committee since May 4th. Uh, similarly, Bill A3998, uh, also in the Assembly and also by the way stuck in committee, would create a cost of living benefit uh, for COVID-19 dependent survivors. Again, neither of these have passed. Finally, on the national or the federal front, uh, they, we've seen no change to the presumptions uh, in either Defense, Defense Base Act claims or the Longshore claims, uh, and our office defends those types of cases. So that's a brief COVID-19 update. And I'm always happy to answer questions about this. So if you have any questions while I'm speaking, please type them in as we go, and I'll answer them at the end. All right, quickly, denials in general. Uh, switching back now to New York and uh, the topic at hand, which is going and coming injuries as well as New York's gray area. In general, all injuries in New York will be deemed compensable unless you dispute them. That's the default. Tie goes to the runner. And as long as they come in and claim that they, they were injured at work, uh, they will uh, prevail every single time. In New York, you must file electronic denial disputing the case within 25 days of the notice of indexing. And we spend a lot of our time in this office uh, defending denied or disputed claims and also guiding our clients on the best way to deny them and the defenses to raise. And today we're going to be talking about the defense of going and coming, parking lot cases, working from home injuries, etc. A very common class of denied claim. So uh, let's talk about the types of cases which are not compensable. In general, employees on the regular commute to and from work uh, if they get in a motor vehicle accident or car accident, they're struck while a pedestrian, bicyclist, whatever, not compensable. And that's because if you work at a fixed place of employment, as you travel to and from work, any injuries that befall you are deemed to be uh, uh, arise out of just your general risk of the general public. There's nothing specific about any one employment that subjects anyone to a special commute. And for that reason, they are not compensable. Now, uh, in general, uh, paid commutes can transform into an incident of the employment. Uh, if you're paying your employees for travel time, then you may be exposed for workers' compensation claims when they claim they've been injured during that paid travel time. Uh, second, if the employer is providing the transportation, particularly if you're providing a busing service or some kind of special transport to get your employees to a specific location, all of that travel time is likely to be compensable uh, in, uh, even if it's voluntarily relied upon by the employees, meaning that they don't have to take the, the employer-provided travel. Um, now, commute benefits generally are not enough to make travel back and forth compensable. Uh, both New York and New Jersey uh, have programs for providing employee travel benefits, and that would be really offsetting the cost of their commutes. In some cases, you can do uh, pre-tax income to pay for your commute and have it not be taxed. Generally speaking, that will not make a travel to and from the employment compensable. The last thing is in New York and New Jersey, a great number of employers like the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey, uh, the Metropolitan Transit Authority, uh, the New York City Transit Authority, which op operates the buses, et cetera, and they operate transportation systems, Long Island Railroad. They operate uh, transportation systems and often as a benefit to their employees, they give them a free pass. Uh, for example, the Port Authority says to its employees, you don't have to pay the tolls going over our bridges and tunnels, which are $18 each way, so you know, or one way. So that's very, very expensive. 
Well, just because you're giving your employees a benefit on the transportation system that you control, that does not transform their commute into uh, uh, a paid experience. So uh, providing them things like that, even if they're using your transportation system to get to their job with you, the transportation authority, uh, those should not, those could be considered their regular commute and that should not be compensable. All right, now New York, and I titled this, uh, uh, presentation today on our calendar, which I hope everyone out there has a copy of our calendar, the gray area rule, because uh, New York, uh, of course, we have a lot of uh, employees who are walking. Uh, we have got a lot of employers, particularly in New York City, that are in shared buildings, shared spaces. And New York's developed over the years this thing called the gray market or the gray area rule. Now, the gray area rule uh, says that, of course, again, your regular commute's not compensable. But it could be if you're in a public space, not under the control or maintenance of the employer, uh, that is has a special hazard that's a part of this uh, shared space. So the example is the sidewalk maybe right outside of the employer's building. Now the employer is just maybe one floor inside of a giant skyscraper or large building. And you're sharing that building with many, many other employers, businesses. And outside the building, you have no special rights or claim and no special maintenance to the outside of that building. But there are a line of cases, starting with Husted in 1976, that say where there is a special hazard right outside or in, or in the way in or out of that employment location, uh, and there's something unique about it, and the employee has to navigate that hazard. They have to go through that hazard to get into the employment. Even though the employer does not direct or control that location, uh, it is... Uh, injuries that occur there could be compensable. And the example in Husted and some other cases are things like subway grates on the sidewalk directly in front of the entrance to the employer location. You've got an employee walking through the subway grates and their heel gets caught in the grates and they fall or has a slip and fall on a particularly slippery set of grates. That has been found to be unique and peculiar enough to the employer to be deemed compensable. And again, it's really uh, a normal commute it's a public walkway. The employer has no special claim or right to that walkway. But interestingly, uh, because it's directly outside of the only means of ingress or egress from the employer location, it's been found compensable. And New York has a special name for this, and they call this the gray area rule. Because really, it's not the employer's location, and really, it's not the public domain. It's some sort of special hazard really close. So just be mindful of those. Those, in general, are going to be found to be compensable, and there's a lot of case law on that. All right. Uh, how about where the employee goes to multiple locations? And my favorite example is that of the sales route. Uh, and the reason I give the example of the sales route is because uh, we have a lot of questions about, hey, where the employee is traveling from location to location for us. You know, perhaps they've got a regular sales route that they're visiting during the course of the day or the course of the week. Uh, Greg, when does their commute end and when are they really traveling for, for work covered experience? Because we all know that traveling from one location to another on a mission for your employer, that's going to be covered travel. But how about uh, where the employee has specific days and specific locations? So think about a route salesman who every Monday is starting at the stop and shop uh, in uh, East Hanover, and then they go to the uh, Long Island uh, location, et cetera. And they've got sort of a standard set of, of stops. In general, uh, we're going to argue that that first stop, the one that they go to every Monday morning from their home, that's their regular commute. 
even though it might be a different place each day, that's really their regular commute because they do it on a regular schedule. And that's where their day is going to start. Now, we all have to agree that once that they've done that, gone from that first location, each location they go after that, that really is part of their covered or compensable travel for their actual employer. All right. Uh, just as a reminder, this is a live presentation. It's so much better and more fun if you ask questions, so please do so. I'll, ask, I'll answer as many as I can at the end. And I won't embarrass you, I promise. I won't say your full name. I'll just say your first name so you know I'm answering your question. All right, uh, let's look at some more basic ones. Uh, parking lot injuries. In general, uh, injuries in the employer's parking lot can be compensable. It's really gonna depend on just a couple questions that we're always gonna ask. The first question is, uh, who owns the parking lot? Who maintains it? And if the employer neither owns nor maintains the parking lot that the employee slipped and fell in, my next question is gonna be, did you tell them where to park in this parking lot? Because that can, can transform it, uh, the entire walk through the parking lot into an incident of the employment and therefore any injury arising from that walk into the employer location could be compensable. And a great example of that is you know, a retailer in a mall and the retailer has space in the mall and there's a large shared parking lot outside of the mall. Well, uh, if the employer is not neither maintaining or controlling that parking lot and doesn't own it, so you're just renting space in the mall and their employee slips in the parking lot, not gonna be compensable, it's part of the regular commute. However, if the employer says, listen, we want all of our employees to park in this far away lot on the other side of the mall so that all the parking spaces close to our entrance uh, are left open for our patrons to make it easier for them. Uh, now, because you've directed that employee where to park, you've now transformed that entire walk into a compensable event. So be thoughtful about that. And those are the issues that sometimes surround parking lots. All right, how about non-commute travel times? And really we're thinking here about the situation where you're sending employees to go meet clients or perhaps to attend a conference or training. You know, this is where the employee is maybe traveling on planes or staying in hotels. There's another area where we see claims that come in and we think, are these truly compensable? Are they not? So first is, uh, does the employer require the travel? If so, it could be compensable. Next, um, is it something unusual, right? Are we sending them someplace where they don't usually go? Now, this is more than just their regular commute. This isn't just they're going to our other plant on the other side of town. You know, we're, we're asking them to go somewhere for us. There's a special mission here that's being uh, required to undertake it. And then when do those uh, things not be compensable? And those are situations where, hey, they're at the conference. Uh, they participated in the conference. They went back to their hotel room. Uh, they got changed. And then they went out to dinner on the town. And then after that, they went out for drinks. And then hours later, they got involved in a drunken car crash somewhere. Probably not compensable because the link between doing something for the benefit of their employer and then just simply being out partying, probably gonna make it not compensable anymore. Um, and usually we have situations where they're taking clients or customers out to dinner. Uh, and is that uh, travel back to their hotel compensable or not? So those are the types of questions we see around that. Um, almost, uh, uh, as frequent are personal errand or personal injuries. And these are typically the kind of situations where during the workday, one employee directs another or a supervisor directs a subordinate, hey, go across the street. Uh, I'd like you to go get me a Starbucks over there. Or go, hey, you're going to Dunkin' Donuts, get me one too. Unfortunately, there's not a real bright line test about when we make these normally non-compensable, simple deviations from the employment into compensable. But in general, the courts are gonna look at, was this person directed 
Uh, were they allowed? Was there a pattern here where we're consistently sending this person, you know, across town to go get us bagels in the morning? We can be turning that trip to go get bagels in the morning into a compensable covered event. So that's something to be mindful about as well. The last one, and particularly in these quarantines, this is probably one of the ones we should have to be most mindful of, is working from home. Now, we all have employees working from home. Uh, as I give this presentation, I have 56 employees working from their home right now. And, um, you know, what, what about an employee who gets injured at home? Uh, first of all, this is increasingly common as more and more of our clients are shifting to working from home. But what kinds of injuries and situations are going to be compensable? Well, the answer is anything that would be compensable under your roof in the workplace is going to be compensable at home. And the chief question that we simply want to ask is, are they doing something that benefits the employer at the direction and control of the employer? Uh, so I've had claims where the claimant says, allegedly, I was sitting there doing my work, uh, working hard in my home office, which is a beautiful home office, and I just slipped and fell out of my uh, desk chair and hit my head on my own file cabinet. And they made a claim for that. Well, they're going to win that every time uh, because that's just the same as if they fell out of their desk chair. Uh, however implausible we all understand this is or silly, uh, that's, that could be a compensable event. Now, I've also had work from home claims that have come in and people have said things like, well, I was walking down to the end of my block to check my mail. And the way back in, I slipped on some ice and fell. I think that's workers comp. And we say, well, you're not getting your employer's mail at home. That was something you were doing personally. Or I was walking my dog and I got tied up in the leash and I fell over. That's workers comp, right? Nope. Uh, we really need to find out the facts in these cases so that we can dispute them. Uh, the little uh, animation is comes from a case that's called Renner versus AT&T. And this is the case I've been talking about a lot with my clients in the last few years. Uh, Renner was someone who worked for AT&T and claimed that she had a heart attack related to work. And what she claimed was that she was checking emails, got quite upset. Uh, while checking these emails and that she ultimately had an ischemic event at a heart attack. Okay, on first blush, maybe that's compensable if these are particularly stressful circumstances, maybe. But it turns out that she was reading these emails uh, late into the night, early in the morning, one in the morning, checking your email, and then several hours later having a heart attack. That's simply not enough. And the court found that there was no causal relationship between that and also no specific direction. Nobody told you to wake up in the middle of the night and go check emails. Now, have we all done that? Sure. Uh, but does that turn, you know, your uh, ischemic event into a compensable event later on? No, absolutely not. That's something to be thoughtful about, too, is employees who get injured at, at home who have not been directed to work from home. You know, simply bringing work home with you with the intention of maybe someday I'm going to get to it doesn't make anything that happens into your house or everything that happens into your house into the basis for a workers' compensation compensable event. So that's something to be mindful about as well. All right, uh, it's time for some questions and answers. Now, if you have not typed in your question yet, now is the time to do it. Uh, the little box on the side that says questions, you type in your question, it pops up over here on my screen, I can see it, and I'll try to answer as many as I possibly can. And if you haven't added yours yet, Please do it now because it makes this so much more fun to answer these kinds of questions. So I'm going to open up my little window over here and see what we have. All right. So Leonard, I only got one question. It's from Leonard. Thank you, Leonard, who says, Greg, what about sales reps who don't have a set schedule or a set route? Right. So in general, then, if they're going to be finding out their route that day, right, or going to a home location 
you know, going to the branch or the hub and then setting out on their adventures of the day and going from client to client or potential customer, for example, the professional customer, potential customer, I should say, uh, then yeah, the, all of those trips would be compensable. Uh, you could still make an argument that that first trip of the day from their home to their first location is their regular commute. However, it's going to be a lot more difficult to make that argument where it's never really the same location twice. So we're really looking at some kind of pattern or some kind of regular uh, occurrence so that we could say, judge, really everybody, the, the regular commute isn't compensable because we all understand everybody's got to do it. You got to get to your job and then you start your job. And then if you go from there onto somewhere else, yeah, that's, that's probably going to be compensable where they have a regular schedule and in the cases that we've won on have been cases where the person's always on Monday mornings, they always had customer A. Tuesday mornings, they're a customer B. So we're really looking at some regularity there in a very predictable pattern. We say, Judge, what's the difference between going to the same customer three days a week uh, at the same time, same place, and going to the same office? It's really the same thing, and we've won on that argument. So that's something that you can try. All right. I only got one question today, and it was a good one, so thanks, Leonard, for asking it. If you had a question and you didn't type it in and you wanted to ask me privately, that's great. Uh, please feel free to give me a ring or shoot me an email. I'll get right back to you. Uh, I hope today was helpful for everyone. I hope everybody's happy, healthy, and safe. Enjoy a little bit of the warmer weather and the phased reopening of New York and New Jersey. All right, everybody. I'll see you next time. Thanks for joining in.